Luck on Sunday, proudly sponsored by Albasti Ecruel Dubai. OK, Cornelius Lysett, Gavin Sheehan and Tom George are the intrepid trio to tackle this septet of talking points. We will start with the Dublin Racing Festival, which we all loved and enjoyed, or at least Cornelius and I did anyway. And uh, it's been suggested by the new CEO at Leopardstown they might go Friday, Saturday from Saturday, Sunday. It's, it's just, he's just tossed it out there and, and seen what the reaction's been. Why? <laughs> I just don't see any point at all. Um, they, it was a, 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 that, that weekend. If you've got a race course in a great city, and 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 Leopardstown is in Dublin, mm -hmm. uh, you take advantage of everything. So you you ask people, you say to people, why don't you just come here? We've got two days racing. We've quite likely got rugby. We've got the famous Dublin night out. We've got this magnificent city. So come come for the weekend. We'll do it for, uh, um, Saturday and Sunday. If you do it on Friday, you know a lot of those people who came on um, uh, came on Saturday or Sunday. You know, Friday's a working day. I, I just don't see any point in it whatsoever. What we would like, of course, Tom, is a few more British runners. Yeah, well, I say the first biggest problem with I would have thought was anywhere near Dublin on a Friday. It's one big car park. I mean, yeah. it'd be hard push to get there or get out of the place. I would say that's the first biggest problem they've got. There were no tra over the weekend because I think Dublin traffic's pretty awful, fairly frequently. And it was it was so smooth. Nick will know how smooth it was because he had a driver both days. Ah, very very good driver as well. And the steady, way you made me wear that peak cap, steady, that really was very unkind. Steady driver, but a good driver. <laughs> steady driver. Sorry, I so digress. We're, we're 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 happy with Saturday and Sunday as is. I would be, but I, I haven't actually featured that. It's you just asked me why. I'd I have thought that you might question. have done because you like a you like a, a, a crack at some of the Irish races. Yeah, I do. I've, I love Punchestown. Um, it's been lucky for me as well, but I prefer just to keep it to the springtime more. It's a bad time of the year for us to be going over there. Um, you know, we've had a Christmas time, and then you've got all these flu jabs and all the rest of it. And you've got Charlton, all the spring festivals, and I think you just want to keep it for a bit later on from my angle and play the Irish when it suits us rather than it's suiting them. Where will one of the key Irish contenders play her hand at the Cheltenham Festival, I wonder? Honeysuckle is the next horse we're going to talk about. And we may as well roll in Benny Dejeu as well. She needs supplementing for a champion hurdle at 22 and a half grand. Uh, where would you run either or both of those great mares, uh, Gavin? With connections just leading towards the mares hurdle for Honeysuckle. They're not being um, unequivocal about it. Yeah, I think she stays very well. Um, you know, her, her best form was in um, was beaten... Um, what's his name, Bacardi's. Mm -hmm. um, you know, but I think she does stay very well. Um, she won the last day, but uh, it wasn't her best performance. I think her best performance came over two and a half miles. So you would go two and a half mares route based on what you saw in the Irish Champion Hurdle? Yeah, definitely. Tom? Yeah, I definitely would. Um, I think I'd run them both in the mares hurdle. That's from my angle, mind you. Even given the relative scarcity of absolute top notches in the, in the champion? Well, I'm probably a bit biased. I prefer not to see one of them in the stairs hurdle with some little boy in the world's end. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm seeing it from my own point of view. But I think Honeysuckle is definitely the mayor's hurdle where I'd be going. I suspect, I suspect that's where she'll go. I would just love her to go for the champion hurdle. I wrote on my notes last week with her name, great name, with her record unbeaten, with her really engaging jockey and trainer. Mm -hmm they would be one of the great stories. And I know that Kenny Alexander and Hugh, uh, Henry de Bromhead can't make their decision on stories, etc. Yeah. But from a media point of view, if they lined up in the champion hurdle, it would be absolutely fabulous. From Maybe a, they'll do it in the future. From a broadcaster's point of view. Well, broadcaster across the media. Yeah, a, perf a, perf a perfect race for Arnie Suckler as the champion mm -hmm. hurdle, I agree. I just think the way she jumped 
late on in the Irish champion suggested that two miles on quick round was probably not her optimum condition. Absolutely. So with the, that, I would I would lean towards the mare. Benny Dejo is a different proposition, I think, because Willie Mullins has said she might be the best mare he's ever trained, in which case class might overcome all. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, and he said some good mares passed down through the lines. But One or two. <laughs> yeah. Um, look, I, Willie Mullins is Willie Mullins, isn't he? He's the best there is. And Willie Mullins being Willie Mullins, we won't know until uh, the 9th of March or whatever. So we can speculate all we like. Kempton next. It looks as though Kempton's had a stay of execution. Or has it, Cornelius? Well, I, I couldn't, you said this to us before we came on air, mm. but, but I, I didn't really see what, well, what, what was making you think otherwise. Well, because the original plan was for Kempton to be in partnership sole for development yeah. in its entirety. Now, there's been a reduced plan yeah. in order for some housing and development to take place and the racing could continue. But that plan has been submitted alongside the original plan. It's not the original plan has not been completely junked. They're sitting there Well, I in think you might, you might be reading between some, some very narrow lines there, but um, maybe you're, you're better informed. No, 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 I think that's just... My, those, those my, are simply my the feeling facts, is though. that something which was going to look really, really tricky for the Jockey Club. The Jockey Club formed in 1750 to nurture racing, to safeguard racing, to be the organisation that closed down a race course, albeit for, for perfectly uh, understandable um, commercial, uh, reason. commercial reasons yeah. uh, and so close to Heathrow Airport that there's a lot of, if that third runway is, uh, is built then housing will be required and housing is going to be required in southwest London full stop so you could see why they did it but it was going to be a pretty bad look for the jockey club to be closing down a race course uh, which was definitely their plan no wonder there was such a hoo-ha such an outcry about it what can hopefully happen now is we can have another sort of Newbury uh, where housing all, all around the place plus racing going on quite happily and I, I heard this week one day that might happen at Haydock as well because there's quite a lot yeah. of space there in an area where housing is quite required but I, I think you might be being excessively gloomy if you, uh, no, no, you know, I, I think everything I probably you know I think it's probably saved uh, Tom are you are you happy couldn't be happier um been a very important part of my career actually as a trainer and you need the biggest problem we have now is trying to find decent ground in the middle of the winter the track isn't watered all summer and quick training ground and you know we get that's a few far between the, the race courses in this country now so it's got a big place and when Nakarat won there on that boiling hot February day it was as close to desert orchid as I've seen well you see <laughs> Nakarat wouldn't have existed if Kempton wasn't there he wouldn't have been any good around Sandown, so as I said, it's very, very important. Yeah, wonderful, wonderful day that was. Uh, tracking, now this is the British Horse Racing Authority's announcement this week of increased measures and more effective measures to track <coughs> racehorses after they've retired, which is one of those tricky welfare areas which is always a ticking time bomb if you don't, if you don't really get a hold of it. Yeah, I'm not sure we necessarily need two minutes to discuss this because I no. just think it's just patently the obvious um, thing to do. And I suppose um, I hadn't entirely appreciated that it wasn't happening in reasonably detailed form already. Um, but, but clearly it's not. Uh, that's coming forward. And as part of a, of a much wider welfare package that horse racing is presenting to the outside world, it's a really obvious thing to do. I had, I had a horse that was given away to some people in Scotland who, and he must now be about 105, this horse, uh, and um, he, th that we got uh, photographs every week, uh, we got updates all the time, which is obviously, you know, was great, but no one would have known what had happened to that horse, and uh, so, so now it will all become official, and the trainers are behind that, I think, uh, the owners will be behind that. 
and I've nearly talked for two minutes, sorry. You are, well, there you yeah. are, you see, we clearly did. <laughs> but Tom, I mean, you, you're responsible for an awful lot of horses, and it's very hard to take responsibility for all of their careers after they finish. Yeah, I'm very proud of the fact that the majority of our horses do find the homes, um, good homes, and a lot of the owners prefer it's more important they find a good home rather than go to the sales and mm. go through for a little money and not knowing where they're going to end up. I've said down with the Barclay Hunt, I mean, you go to the meet there and you see more of Tom George's horses there than you see any other horse there, probably, and they all have a great life. I suppose always the worry in the back of my mind is if the person's circumstances change, when they get moved on again, that's always where I'm worried about, and it'd be great if we could keep track on that. And the one horror story, which happily there, there aren't too many, but the one horror story sort of ruins all the other good work. Um, mm. Yeah, so you, that, one so, horror story is too many. The horror, got to avoid the horror stories, but happily there hasn't been one for some time. Now, riding out, you might wonder <laughs> what this is about. Gavin Sheehan, very keen to discuss jockeys who take time out to go and ride out for various trainers, but oftentimes, Gavin, don't get paid for doing so. Yeah, um... Presumably, you as well. Um, do you pay, do you pay your jockeys? <laughs> um, I know, like, I get up every morning and ride out for different trainers. I go and I ride the horses at the races, so that's where I get paid. But um, if you're travelling up the country, and I'm not speaking for myself now, I'm speaking for everybody. I know uh, Jamie Moore had to get up at half three the other morning, but we ride out six days a week, um, and you might have to go away if you're racing somewhere you might end up going in schooling somewhere on a Sunday so that's seven days a week that we ride out and you don't get paid but I could easy school six to twelve horses in the morning and you know that's still a dangerous job what we do um, you know and I think that jockeys should be getting paid for for what they do and their feedback I think their feedback is valuable and their expertise in schooling horses and that are you expected to go and ride out, or are you riding out because you want to try and widen your net network of connections to, to, to further your own career? A bit of both, really. But like I go into um, school and I give feedback to you know um, Andrew Brooks. Um, I go and ride out his horses in school. Um, I go into Jamie, and that way, then by schooling him, I'm giving the trainer that feedback back. You know, I school for Warren on Friday, and you sit in a horse, and all of a sudden it schools very well and that way then you give them that extra bit of feedback and say this lad's really come together now so what you're saying is it's professional services for which you are not being paid though you say that one or one or two trainers do pay you jamie snowden pays me for riding out um but i'm not just saying me here and this uh about this but it's just for everybody when you get paid 10 quid a morning or something 10 quid isn't much but you're giving the jockey something at least tom do you pay him? I might not pay Gavin, he's probably earning more than I am at the moment, but <laughs> um, I always do pay the lads who come in to me, yes. You um, pay the jockeys to ride out? Yeah, I don't, I don't do normally my top two people, but everyone else, conditionals, everyone who comes in to me gets paid, yeah. That's good. Getting well looked after. Tiger Roll. Um, I put him in here simply because the Grand National Weights are unveiled on Tuesday in, mm. in Liverpool, and we talked a lot about it with Eddie O'Leary and Gordon Elliott, what kind of weight he should be given? What are you expecting the handicapper well, Martin Green to do? It's going to be pretty high, isn't it? But you know, are you expecting him to cut him any slack? Donald McCain, in a very good interview in the Racing Post, right. he said, shouldn't give him any slack. Red Rum wasn't cut any slack. But but 
you know, and and I know the hand, Martin Gruber, the handicapper, won't be intimidated by um, any of the uh, any of the talk about it all. The horse has won the last two Grand Nationals, so he can't be expecting uh, any any particularly um, uh, particularly fav- uh, sort of extra favourable terms. Should he be asked to give a horse like Native River four pounds? Do you think, Tom? <coughs> Possibly. I think Donald McCain summed it up. No horse is bigger than the national, and I think they've just got to do it as it is. Because mm. Eddie O'Leary's argument will be, well, yes, he's a national specialist, but he wouldn't be a fit to lick the boots of, of horses on park courses who are Gold Cup horses. But Red Rum would be the same, wouldn't he? I guess, I guess you're mm. right. I thought that just, just moving away from the weight, I thought it was quite striking looking at, uh, looking at the trade newspaper last night, was there was a story in there, and the headline said something like, Tiger Roll to make surprise appearance at Punchestown. And I thought, ah, oh, Punchestown next week, is it, is it, was it next weekend, I think? Mm. Anyway, I was thinking, I'm going to Navan in a couple of Sundays' time because he's surely running, running in the Boyne Hurdle. Hurdle. Yeah. But in fact, there is so much aura around this horse, he's, he's only turning up to have a, to have a canter round. Uh, and he gets quite a few paragraphs in the, in the Racing Post. And it's not as though the Racing Post on a Sunday is particularly short of material. So it does show the type of aura that is going around this horse. And this is, this is huge because I, red rum is everything to me, but but you have to be sort of into middle age to remember red rum in sort of action in your mind. The the, the younger crowd needs a new entry icon, and it can be Tiger Roll, and it'd be magnificent. But I, as you say, I don't think Martin Greenwood is going to be too swayed by uh, what was being said a couple of weeks ago. Uh, the Tote has featured plenty on this list in the last couple of years with the new ownership and and so forth, and the consortium that own the Tote now have backed a move that there is a a guaranteed payout that cannot be below the starting price. Is that that's right, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And um, what do you what do you exclusive th- in the Daily Mail? Exclusive in the Daily Mail for Marcus Townend. Uh, what do you think about the future of paramutual betting in this country? Well, and can it take? You know, that's quite a it's 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 quite a big uh, a, a big change, isn't it? Yeah. But uh, so, you know, on the one hand, the pool betting operator is coming up with what looks like something that's really interesting. On the other hand, it's not really pool betting in quite the same way anymore, is it? Um, but I think what it reflects is that the, the tote has been taken over by a gang of people who are, who are really, are, are um, they're putting their money, where their, so to speak, where their mouth is. They've talked about uh, reforming things, they've talked about updating things, and here they are doing something which, uh, which looks really interesting and which will be uh, of, of big benefit to, to, to punters. So they're, they're really... They're, they're, they're putting their money where their mouth is, and they are the, the organisation that they said they were going to be when they took it all over. Tom? I think the totes um, one of the lifelines which racing needs very, very badly. Um, I'd be a big supporter of it. Um, we're doing what we can to help it. In fact, Noel, my son, um, is actually doing some filming work for them on a daily basis. And I think it's really very, well, it's absolutely vital that they pull something out of the bag to actually going forward in finances and racing. Mm. And this this is part of racing's brand as well. You know, the the tote needs to be the tote. Was, was it Winston Churchill that started the tote in the late nineteen twenties? I think, uh, and it's been around all the way through that time. Uh, and you know, for many people who go to racing just occasionally, the tote is you know they don't like the look of the bookmakers. It all looks a bit complicated. They love to go to the tote and queue up and have their bet. So for the tote to be right uh, up with the pace, so to speak, uh, which it does seem to be under its uh, new management, is something that's really to be welcomed. And those were this week's talking points.
Luck on Sunday, proudly sponsored by Albasti Ecruel Dubai.